0: Hi, you found the Out of the Ordinary Podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary
1: life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary things in this extraordinary time of global quarantine are FaceTiming with long-distance friends, the smell of fresh sheets, and all those overdue library books I have that have now had their fines waived.
0: And Lisa Joe, mine are headphones, four pairs on four kids, the internet, which is keeping us connected, and my seedlings, my baby seeds, under grow lights in the basement. Friends, may you find joy in today's conversation. Get comfy.
1: Here we go. Chrissy, I feel like life these days feels like theater of the ridiculous. Are you familiar with this term? I am, and I think you're exactly right. <laughs> Like somehow we're trapped in a Groucho Marx film that's stuffed into a clown car that's traveling across a river that has crocodiles in it. Like, it's so weird. Everything about that somehow, but but, but that's like arriving at a grocery store that has no toilet paper. Like, it's just so strange. This is a strange alternate universe we are all living in these days.
0: I think it's like a story one of my kids wrote for one of their cyber new cyber school assignments. And then and then and then. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> and then and then. <laughs> and we come to you all today. I hope you enjoyed our new intro. It's one of my favorite things putting that together. What are our what are your favorite ordinary things in this time of global quarantine? And Today, we're hoping to make you laugh or smile wherever you are and whatever life is looking like. But while you listen to these stories, we want you to bear in mind, we'd love to hear from you guys. What are some of your favorite ordinary things in these crazy times? More than that, what are some of your funniest stories? What are some of the things that have happened that are part of your theater of the ridiculous? So as you listen to what we share today... Let your brain just be ticking in the background and write down this email address and email us some of your stories because next week on the show... We'd love to just do sort of community story time. Let us all share, laugh, and cry together about what life looks like these days. So here's the email address. We'll link it in the show notes too. It's very easy. Out of the ordinary podcast at gmail.com. And did I say that we're Dot com? Like what accent am I trying <laughs> to put on there? I feel like I'm one of those show announcers or the person who reads the small script at the end of some like diarrhea commercial, you right. know, like Ken <laughs> cause runs to the bathroom, but you will sadly not have toilet paper. So let me try that again out of the ordinary podcast at gmail.com and you can just put as your subject line story for the show and then you're giving us permission to share it here on the show because what we'd love to do next week is have shared story time where we share what your stories here inside the clown car have felt like.
0: (laughs) And I think that how you put it laughter and tears because it's true like we're laughing and we're crying. I mean, there's a lot of hard, hard stuff going on. And I'll be honestly, Joe, this has been a hard, hard week. But <laughs> it's good medicine to laugh. So I, I like the direction we're taking this. I know. So they you got that some funny stories for me? I'm ready. I know. isn't me. that Hit me. I'm ready to laugh.
1: Because <laughs> she, she's like, make me laugh, baby. Wasn't that what Dolly Parton said? Laughter through tears is her favorite emotion. I think that's one of her Aww. quotes. I love that so much. That's good. So we have, you know, it's been a week where we really acknowledge these last few weeks, more than one now, where there's definitely are the tears side because we know from so many folks, just the sad. Sadness of missed opportunity, right? Like we've made fun of FOMO in the past, fear of missing out. But it's like there's legitimate fear of missing the things you planned. That's a real Mm -hmm. thing. And it's sad Mm -hmm. and hard. And uh, we felt it a little bit this week because my daughter turned nine. She is so extra. Oh, my goodness. Her vision for her birthday party. Like, it is a good thing that we are not just billionaire family because how Zoe would plan a birthday party would terrify me. Like, I feel like the Taj Mahal would not be too small for her as a location for her birthday. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we had to scale back from Taj Mahal to small tea party here at home with family. (laughs) So there definitely is, you know, I appreciate that tension of... And stories much more serious than birthday parties, trips that have got canceled, friends who are so sad because their kids' college graduation ceremonies aren't going to be able to happen. I mean, we feel that in a very real place. My husband's a professor, and he has all these students who come to D.C. every semester, and they had to leave halfway through their semester. They haven't been able to finish their internships, all the plans they had, the community that they were part of. There's such a real sense of loss. And Initially, I'd said to Christy, let's talk about that. You know, let's process the sadness. And then I got online and I thought, or (laughs) we could tell funny stories to help us laugh through the sadness. A little, like, dash of laughter along with the tears. So, taking my cue from Zoe, let us talk about toilet paper. (laughs) So... She has very strong feelings about the brand of toilet paper we purchased for her tiny little tushy. Okay, her tushy is extra as well and has very high (laughs) Taj Mahal toilet paper standards. And I was just ecstatic to find one pack of toilet paper because when the great toilet paper migration began, I did not even know that was a thing. We had just gone to the store to buy toilet paper like normal. We weren't even stockpiling. We just actually needed it. I was going to say we needed the bog roll, but I don't know if you're familiar with that. In South Africa, they call toilet um, no, paper what? bog roll, bog roll, B-O-G. I do not know why. <laughs> so I was just trying to get some bog roll for the fam. And we were in Costco and Peter went down the toilet paper aisle and then came back and told me there were zero pallets of toilet paper. And I wow. looked at him and said, but that is not, in fact, possible. What, what do you mean? Go back. <laughs> So after that, we went to Safeway and were able to score. And the entire aisle of toilet paper, there was one packet left. And I snatched it up and brought it home and then was lectured by my tiny offspring later in the evening. As she came to inform me, I had got the wrong kind of toilet paper, that what I had purchased for her was indeed rough, rough. And she did not appreciate how rough it was to wipe (laughs) with that toilet paper. Now, let me just say that in the middle of dinner is not the time you really do need sort of an architecture lesson from your child on their anatomy and what it needs (laughs) in order to flourish. (laughs) But I informed her that she should be happy that, in fact, she was using toilet paper and not a paper (laughs) towel or a leaf because that was the status of things. Now, she did not believe me. Like, I read Healthy Skepticism in her face, and I really think she judged me and, labeled me a mother who wasn't prepared to go the extra mile, like who just didn't look hard enough. So a couple of days later, we were at CVS picking up some medicine, and I happened to glance down the toilet paper aisle at CVS and see that, aha, it too is naked. There is no toilet paper. And so I went and found Zoe where she was standing in front of the lip gloss section, of course. Of course. <laughs> in a crisis, that is what you need. <laughs> and I said to her, Zoe, Zoe, oh my gosh, let's go get some toilet paper while we're here. I bet they have the Charmin. She likes, if anybody's curious about this, the go-to for her is the Charmin red packet, not the green. The red is the ultra strong and thick. That is what she prefers. So she said, great, sprinted toward the toilet paper aisle. And I said, just pick out whatever you want. Just get as much as you want. (laughs) She stood there in confusion and turned around and said to me, Oh, that's what you meant? And I said, yes, yes, child, that is what I meant. Now, if there was just one packet, even one on this entire shelf, wouldn't you be happy to have that? And she rolled her eyes and said, well, I guess. (laughs) Well done, Mom! Finding the teachable moment. I applaud <laughs> no, no. you. Teachable <laughs> slash mockable. I was like, right. "Child, welcome to reality." But we did get, we got lip gloss, so there you go.
0: Oh, there! I, I feel like all week I have been treading this fine line between tears, laughter, and mockery. <laughs> <laughs> and my laughter, quite often, is of the what's the right word? The maniacal <laughs> variety. <laughs>
1: You're trapped in your own horror show.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. The evil cackle of of insanity. Especially, Lisa Do I have to say, uh, so this week I've gotten a couple um, emails from folks. Bless their hearts, as my grandmother (laughs) would have said. Bless their hearts. (laughs) They now find that they have more time on their hands. Right. So they are either... You know, reaching out so that we can connect more, or, you know, the help I promised them for some projects. You know, now they have time for those projects. So maybe we can have a Zoom meeting. Or, um, oh, I don't know. How am I spending all of my extra time <laughs> now that I'm at home? And, oh, Lisa, with jo. your four
1: children dog, chickens, and ducks. <laughs>
0: Exactly. I have just held myself back from saying exactly what is on my mind. No, bless their hearts. I am so glad that they have this extra time. And I appreciate even for the extroverts among them that it might be a challenge. And I actually have a dear friend who lives alone, and I'm very tuned in to the fact that um, that is super hard for her. Her coworkers are like her family, and she doesn't get to see her family right now. And um, we all need to be connected. And she is Stuck at home in her apartment. So I do feel for her. But at the same time, Lisa Joe, there is a part of me that would <laughs> trade places with her. <laughs> so fast. <laughs> no, really. I love my family. Gosh, I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for this time together. But...
1: I'd be happy with a little less of it. <laughs> I know. Well, you have so diligently been homeschooling already. Like I'm like, it's week one, Christy. Let's pace ourselves. Like when you messaged me and said, I feel like I want to read the message that you sent the other day about ha- feeling okay. like you wanted Uh-oh. to stab yourself in the eye and how you've now <laughs> okay. traded all homework for all screens and told your children to just binge watch themselves into a coma because you couldn't <laughs> handle it anymore. And I think and I just, just texted you one sentence and said, oh, no, Christy, you have to alternate between binging and Learning. You can't <laughs> just go all in on one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it only (laughs) took me two days to get to that. Or not even two days, two mornings, because we're only trying to do their schoolwork in the morning. But yeah, Yeah, no, it's crazy.
1: Well, Zoe, what's funny, too, is that she, um, so that's the other thing they can't play. And my Zoe is an extreme extrovert. Mm -hmm, Like her extrovertness is so massive and mega and extra. So she has this old hand-me-down cell phone that has no data plan. Nothing works on it, except you can connect to the Wi-Fi. And so she has that app, Marco Polo, which which is that video messaging. It's kind of like leaving voice texts for your friends. But there's a video. And of course, she's a nine-year-old girl. So her favorite part of it is just looking at herself while recording videos, okay? (laughs) So what's funny about this is because she doesn't have her own phone number, she doesn't have a real phone plan, she is signed into that app using my husband's phone number. So he on his Marco Polo constantly gets all these ping messages and there, there are all these little six-year-old girls like messaging back and forth And they'll just like leave it on like while showing someone how they're braiding their hair or like look at my doll and like walk you all around the bedroom. And then you get so nauseated from their doll tour that they gave you. But what's (laughs) funny is that sometimes Peter will get confused about like replying. And so it is his app, but he forgets like Zoe's using it and then messages that come into him. Sometimes he gets confused about whether those messages are from Zoe Or from Ah. one of her friends. And so Ah. in in trying to Uh reply, so he and her talk just on his channel, like it's like him messaging himself. But he got confused the other day and realized he had messaged one of her nine-year-old friends. But when he messages Zoe, he does these weird things where he just like stares at the camera and like growls or does something really funny. And so he comes in the other day and he's like, oh, no, look what I messaged to Avonlea. And he shows me himself. (laughs) No. I'm like, oh, no. But vice versa. So, Zoe, though, will sometimes be logged in as Peter on our family. So, we have a family text messaging thread with South African family and a thread with our American family. And again, Zoe is using Peter's logins over there. And so, today, I told Peter, I laughed so hard because it says, Peter Baker sends this message, and it just says, thank you for all the love. I feel so loved by everyone. <laughs> wondering what is happening. And then I realized it was Zoe responding to all of her birthday greetings, you know, and then (laughs) about how loved she feels. And instead, it just sounds like my very academic husband suddenly just had like an overwhelming need to share his love with everybody. (laughs) And then one of my sisters got engaged and everybody's leaving these very heartfelt messages and, you know, long and beautiful. And then it says Peter Baker And there's just like this long stream of emojis. It's just like (laughs) poor eyes and love. And and I go, Pete, what's happening, man? And he's like, no, no. What did she send? What did she send?
0: (laughs) And it was
1: Zoe. And moments like that have been like the fuel, right? To keep you going because you just have to laugh sometimes because it's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm.
0: We've had our own, um, I guess, electronic trials this week it's so interesting Lisa Joe as parents now to realize so I've always been the mom who says who gets frustrated at my kids if they're not they're not paying attention to our rules or our boundaries around using their phones or their Kindles or whatever it is and so and I've always said to them I don't need these devices in my life. I'll just throw them all into the trash can. Like if you can't handle them, we don't need them. These right. are all just fun extra things. But this week, Lisa Joe, these are not fun extra things. Right. These are, I mean, this is their, it's like their a life. Schooling. <laughs> this is like lifeline to, to their friends. Right, I mean, right. this is our everything. I'm actually I have a feeling like one more week of this and I might be researching like new device purchases so that everyone um, for instance, I feel like now Elsa at seven, first grade, now needs her own device so that she can message, video message, her first grade BFF. Right. Because right now they're doing it on my phone. Right. <laughs> which is, is right. difficult. Anyway, we've had some challenges recently about just, just keeping to the guidelines and you know, for example, in our house, it's not okay for our ten-year-old boy to still be up in bed in his room at 10 PM with an iPad under the covers. Right. Um I'm glad it's not a girl just us. from his class. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that that may have happened this week, but Jonathan brought me the 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 child in question, this iPad. And he said, Look, Christy, we're not the only parents doing, we're not the only parents dealing with this. I said, What? He's like, Look, look. And I could see on this iPad, which by the way is covered in a whole spider web of cracks, the whole screen is (laughs) just destroyed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, amongst the spider web of cracks, I could see a string of messages from the girl (laughs) saying, in effect, I've had all my, di- my devices taken away from me. Do not text this number. I repeat, do not <laughs> <laughs> text this number. Uh, and uh, it, it warmed my heart <laughs> to realize that there were other parents out there fighting the good fight. <laughs>
1: It's not just us. I, not I know just us. I know. Well, I have a I control my kids' devices by putting time limits that through the Apple system, right? So the, their phones just cut out. They run out. Like it's like a car that runs out of fuel in the middle of stuff. And um, I don't know what I was thinking, but I decided I needed more discipline in my life too. I oh, no. needed to like go to bed. <laughs> and so I installed it on mine. So that, like mine also will shut down, like it'll be blocked after nine o'clock at night. That lasted for two days. And I was like, what is wrong with this phone? Like, this is not the boss of me. If I need to read news on my phone at 10 o'clock at night and check on the virus, I will. But then I couldn't remember the password to, like, try to get off my child locks I'd put on my own device. And it was a very stressful period of time. While I tried to figure that out. And yet, I just like to enjoy laughing at my children when they come and beg me for more time. And I'll tell you this to every Mm -hmm. parent laughing, uh, every parent listening. And laughing and crying. An excellent motivator is when your child comes to you to ask for 15 more minutes. I have a running list of chores in my head to dole out in those situations. It is incredibly effective how chipper they will suddenly be to take out the trash or unload the dishwasher. And I pay them now in time on their devices. I like that. I like that. Oh, what a week, Lisa (laughs) Joe! I know, and I feel like I was talking to... You know, it's taken a while for it to kind of trickle across to all the parts of the world. It took a little time for Africa to really get in on the mass panic. And for a while, I had just hoped... Let it just skip over Africa. I feel like they've, yeah. man, the kind of struggles in terms of sickness, health, the HIV virus, the rampant um, infection rate there. It'd just be nice if for once Africa got a pass, is how I felt yeah. about it. And I was talking to my dad a week ago, and it was a day I was feeling very panicky and sad just for the state of the world, for what it meant for humanity, just worried about people feeling lonely and isolated, worried about myself having my children home. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying things like they might not go back to school. I just, I Mm -hmm. cannot even let my brain go there. So I call my father because at 45, that's what you do. You call your parents and you cry to them and tell them how hard it is. And then you wait for them to say kind and uplifting things. And instead, I heard my dad, I heard him My seasoned veteran doctor dad, who has adopted four kids, has the passionate heart of a loving, tender parent, snicker. He snickered into the phone. (laughs) And when I told him about all the toilet paper being out and kids not going to school, he laughed and just said, oh, America. You just overreact to everything. And at that point, I said, we're done talking now. Like, I cannot talk to you. This is not why I called you. And I could tell he tried really hard, really hard to, like, empathize. But he basically had the, he was of the mindset that we were completely overreacting. And I Mm -hmm. explained to him, whether you think we're overreacting or not, this is my reality. Like, my children are actually home. (laughs) Like, The grocery store is Mm -hmm. actually out of meat. Like, it's for real. And he tried, and he was wonderful, and he prayed, and he said kind and encouraging things, but I could tell he did not really mean them in the way I wanted him to. (laughs) Four days later, I get this long message from him. Wow, hi, my darling. Hi, it's your dad. Um. So yeah, I, they just closed school here, and we went to the store this evening. And they're just—it's just unbelievable. Oh. They're out of everything. Just the same anxiety in his voice, the same worry. And I've tried very hard not to say, "I told you so," "I told you so," <laughs> but so you I wanted snicker? to.
0: Uh, there was no snickering. For his, I tried his loving not to daughter.
1: snicker. Yes. I was like, listen, these are things you do not make fun of. We are living through the most bizarre times ever. And yeah. yet at the same time, I just see acts of such kindness and beauty just everywhere mm. you look. Which is why I want to remind you if you're still listening at this point. Please do email us your stories. Love yeah. in the time of Corona. You know, what are your stories that you've seen, whether they're funny or hard or beautiful or meaningful? Next week, we're doing an entire episode dedicated to you guys. So shoot your stories over to out of the ordinary podcast at gmail.com because we are gathering those up so we can sit down and kind of do group storytelling together
0: hmm It'll be better even, I think, than all of those memes that everyone is sending <laughs> around right now.
1: <laughs> you have a lot of those.
0: Yeah, yeah, right now. Um, so I've kind of stepped off of social media just for the time being because I don't have time, basically. <laughs> uh, my kids just need me too much. And I I knew this week if I was going to help us all through this transition, I needed to focus more on them. So I haven't been... Um, on Instagram. And I've been on Facebook a little bit only because actually my plan, Lisa Joe, was to be entirely off of um, social media until I kind of felt like I got my footing. Oh, and really? I, of course, I assumed that meant Facebook. But then I quickly realized that um, I needed Facebook for local news. Uh, you know, I needed to find out like what businesses are open, what's shutting. And I realized as well that with school closing, all of the teachers were now going on Facebook oh. to do like Share news or to read, like my daughter's first grade teacher was doing different Facebook lives to read stories to the kids or things. Oh, anyway, that's so, so precious, it's great. But weirdly, I've ended up spending more time on Facebook. <laughs> anyway, why was I saying all this? Oh, because um, I haven't been on social media as much. But um, like you with your long distance family and communicating, uh, my family because we all live so far apart, we have a sort of ongoing WhatsApp. Thread, yes, that's you know, what we, we have. Keep too. in touch, right? Yeah. So, one of my siblings—I um, won't name her here—but her remain she's remaining nameless. Listening, <laughs> she knows who she is. <laughs> one of my siblings has um, taken it upon herself. I feel to to bring the laughter to the family conversation, and I don't think I've actually heard any specific news from her in ages. But all she does is she just shares. Corona-inspired meme after Corona-inspired meme. When they just come and come and come. And now I have a collection, I feel like, of like 200 of these things (laughs) sitting on my phone. What are the best ones? Some of them are really good. So there's one that, um, oh, there's one, it says something like, in a startling reversal of events, I am now the ones telling my parents not to go out. Um, (laughs) Yes. There's one that, is, that encourages you to tell stories about your week, but instead of saying my kid or my child or my spouse, say my coworker. <laughs> like, for instance, my coworker this week has refused to wear pants, or <laughs> my coworker is only eating Nutella for every meal and snack. I'm thinking, like, what is yeah, what has been happening in my house this week? Two of my coworkers this week, Lisa Joe, um, got up during the middle of our quiet cubicle work time, had a wrestling match tumbled into a table, knocked over an enormous glass vase full of water and branches. I had cut, I had trimmed my um, peach tree, uh, pruned it, and the extra branches I had stuck in this huge glass vase. It was beautiful. And um, yeah, right there, my coworkers decided (laughs) that they would clobber each other and break the glass. I couldn't believe how many pieces. I mean, that glass vase. It was like huge chunks of glass, tiny slivers of glass everywhere, oh, everywhere.
1: No, two of my coworkers this week have worn nothing but boxer briefs for an entire week. <laughs> nothing else, even when they take out the trash.
0: Oh, uh, Lisa Joe, it's a good thing that our podcast um, isn't that we don't, you know, sometimes podcasts will like live or they'll like have a video component as oh, well. Yes. Maybe Can put you it imagine? On YouTube. <laughs> We will not be doing that, dear listeners, because the very same day that our governor here in Pennsylvania ordered all non-essential businesses closed, I had an appointment for a haircut. So I have very short hair, like a very short pixie haircut, which means that I have to, in order to not look like a crazy rooster, I have (laughs) to get it cut every five weeks. So I don't do anything fancy other than that for my personal appearance, but I do get my haircut every five weeks. So by the end of the fifth week, I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable and shaggy. And I wake up in the morning and it's sticking out all over. So that day I was going to go in for the five-week haircut. And then the news came that everything was shutting down and I couldn't go in. So now Lisa Joe, every day I just look at myself and there's the gray hair growing in and there's this like rooster Things sticking out on top of my head. I just Oh And it's gonna get so much worse, isn't it? Oh, like I'm probably not gonna get a haircut for quite a long time. I know. One of the
1: things I miss that is I consider in my life just as essential, Christy, are movie theaters. And I am so sad. (laughs) And my sons, so last night, we've taken to introducing them now to some classics that we really love. So Peter found, and it's on Netflix right now, and they watched um, Groundhog Day. Do you remember oh, that film with I love Bill that movie. Murray?
0: Sure.
1: It was so funny. And my coworkers, all three of them, were wearing their underwear lying around watching that. And one of them, my <laughs> teenager, kept saying, this movie is so dumb. This is so dumb. And then he just stayed there the whole time. And I wanted to say <laughs> that is exactly the response to Bill Murray movies. Like, this is so dumb. But you can't stop watching. Cause cause it's that really <laughs> funny. Like, what about Bob is a really great one, too, because Peter and I keep telling each other we need to take a vacation from our problems. And yet we're trapped at home with all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: Oh, thank goodness for internet streaming services, and bless you, Disney Plus for going ahead and streaming Frozen Two. My word! The day I walked into Zoe's room,
1: she was crying. She had actual tears of happiness. She was like, "Mom, Mom, you're not gonna believe it." I know. I Part of me has been looking forward to seeing Mulan so much, mm-hmm, and that's supposed mm-hmm. to be coming out. And now I'm like, they should just release that to Disney Plus for all of us. And Peter believes they will not because the losses to them would be so massive. But that looks so amazing, too. So I have to say, I'm kind of on this quest now, Pete and I, to keep introducing them to completely random late 80s, 90s movies that we love. We made him watch The Wedding Singer with us that we really, really love to. Oh, we just keep going through all of them. And then there are others where I'm like, huh, that's highly inappropriate. Like I feel like the rating yeah. system was very different back then. It <laughs> what was what is happening when I'm watching no, it. No, it's
0: true. But yeah, my son and I have been doing something similar, um, introducing the kids to movies we loved. And I I can't actually remember now what movie it was. But I checked the rating and it said PG. And so I thought, oh, okay, this could be a good one. And then I caught myself and I said, you know what? PG back then is not... The same, right? There were there was a lot no. of um,
1: inappropriate. It's yeah, the coarse humor. kind of body bedroom humor, yeah. where you're like, wait, what is happening right now? How is this a PG movie? Yeah. yes,
0: it's interesting to think that in some ways our culture has actually sort of cleaned up its act, and right. <laughs> uh,
1: <yeah. laughs> or its act has gotten worse, and so it's a lot more strict than about, Maybe that's uh, about regulating. It. Well, I'll tell you if you're looking for a beautiful and I'm so fun that I get to tell you this live because as we were watching it the other night, Peter's like, text Christy, text Christy right now and tell her they need to watch this. And I was like, Christy's in a dark place right now. I feel like I'm (laughs) just going to wait until she's ready to receive this news. Uh, (laughs) But we watched and I believe it was on Hulu. So if you have that streaming service, but you can actually purchase it from Amazon Prime. And I think it's only $2.99 to rent. This incredible movie called The Biggest Little Farm. Have you heard of this? Christy, you haven't? Oh, I'm so happy right now. You have got to go watch it tonight with your people. It is the most beautiful film. It won a ton of awards, but it's a documentary slash movie about this couple. They lived in Los Angeles. He was a filmmaker and she was this online blogger who did food stuff like all natural, homegrown, organic type food. And it's the story of how they moved from, and this is why I love it and why it related to you so much. Both of them were really passionate about wanting to live on a farm, but had no idea how to do it. Didn't, weren't related to anybody in farming, didn't have farming experience, but were passionately practicing it right where they were. So on her balcony, she was growing tomato plants in this tiny little apartment in LA on their tiny Mm -hmm. balcony. She had these huge tomato plants. Chrissy, I paused the film turned to my children and said, who does this remind you of? And Micah goes, oh, oh, I've heard this episode. It's Miss Christie, And she grew the grass seeds. And then Jackson goes, and she used to trim them with a pair of scissors. And they no. remembered that episode. And this couple grew tomato Aww. plants on their balcony. And they end up having this dog that they adopt. And the dog, whenever they're out during the day, just barks incessantly and they tried everything, like literally everything. I would not have been such a good person and that dog would have had to find another home, but they <laughs> chose the dog and felt like that really was their strong impetus to finally take this leap that to pursue buying a farm. And so an hour outside of L.A., they buy this farm. It's 200 acres. It used to be a fruit farm. The soil is dead as can be. And they partner with the most delightful man who believes in the sustainable gardening. And he also talks a lot about how Farming today has become about one thing, right? Like one or two crops that you focus on. And he's all about abundance and about how nature was originally created to all feed and speak to each other. Yes, And he, wait till you see, he has them plant something like 43 kinds of fruit trees, Christy. And he has them, the design is the most stunning thing you've ever seen. They are planted in a spiral in this valley. And when you look down, it's so beautiful, you want to cry. Now, the story is funny because Zoe wept through the entire film because she was so moved. She kept saying it was heartwarming, but then she'd be so traumatized because there would be a hard thing like a flood, you know, or and it's really about all these different. So then there are all these pests and they didn't want to use pesticide. And so who do you get? And it's about it really is this interesting picture of what maybe the Garden of Eden originally was. Like Mm. they have all these, Mm. they build all of these barn owl nests they put up everywhere, and owls come from everywhere and are like harvesting. I'm not joking, you something like 15,000 moles, you know, a year or, and it's about, it takes them until year seven (laughs) for the farm to finally be sustainable. But it is the journey is so miraculous and beautiful and holistic. I, I mean, we all like basically wanted to go outside and start digging in our yard immediately after we saw it. And so if you're looking for something for kids and just a family, we didn't even plan it like a family movie. My little wannabe farmer, Micah, said mm-hmm. their teachers had shown it in class and we we mm-hmm. happened to find it. He and I started watching and as different family members trickled into the room, they just were like, I'll watch for two minutes. And by the end, we're all like wow. sobbing. <laughs> watching this farming movie. So we'll link it in the show notes, but it's called The Biggest Little Farm, and it's on Hulu.
0: Okay, let's wrap this up so I can go turn on the TV. I think I'm ready to watch that. <laughs> Priority. You know what, maybe maybe that's where we'll end, Lisa Joe, because I have a recommendation as well. Um, maybe you and your kids have already seen it, but maybe for some of our listeners, it's new. You know, and, and probably our listeners know if they've listened in on these conversations for a while, is that you tend to be the one who tells us about the great TV to watch or the movies, because you're more tuned into that with your family. And I I, I just am not. So um, I don't even always sit down for our family movie night, which is kind of... Kind of terrible, but I'll sneak off with a book. But going into the the school closures right now, I reached out to uh, my sisters to say, hey, you know, their kids are about the same age as mine, to say, hey, guys, tell me what your kids have been into on Netflix and Prime so that I can have a list going mm. um, just when we need it. And also, uh, we've been actually watching TV together as a family most evenings, kind of as a, like, I don't know, just to reconnect after... Let's be honest, some of the trauma of the day, there have been (laughs) tears (laughs) and shouting every day. (laughs) Sometimes my kids have been responsible for that. (laughs) So we have needed a way to sort of come back together in the evening. So we have been watching TV. But uh, my sister Kelly recommended The Kindness Diaries on Netflix. Yes. Yes. And that has been a big hit. So I'll I'll be honest, when I described it to my kids and said, hey, we're going to watch this... Uh, they all groaned. They all rolled their eyes. Or the older, my youngest does not roll her eyes yet, thankfully. But my older kids rolled their eyes and groaned. Um, but several times since then, my 13 year old son has said, "Mom, I really like that show. That's Aww. a really good show. So it's it's been a hit. So just quickly, it's this man. And actually, I think there's a season one which I, we haven't watched yet. We, we're just going through season two. But he um, he travels. He has a Uh, A route that he travels. So in season two, he is trying to drive himself from Alaska all the way down to the tip of Argentina. And he is doing it in this little yellow convertible bug. And he is doing it um, without money. And everywhere he goes, he has to rely on the kindness of strangers to feed him and fill his little bug with gas. And he um, connects with people and he gathers their stories. And then he has some special gifts that he occasionally is giving back to them as well. So it's kind of like um it's like a travel show meets some really heartwarming, like human interest type thing. So it's it's
1: been a lot of fun. I recommend it. Mm. On that note, here's your final reminder. Send us your stories, whether they are aloft or cry. We would love to share a bunch of stories on next week's podcast. It's just an act of the community crowdsourcing and crowdsourcing closeness. There's something about sharing stories that always makes us feel closer. I always say the shortest distance between strangers and friends is a shared story. So we look forward to sharing your stories out of the ordinary podcast at gmail.com.